Professor Dumbledore has granted me permission to start this little dueling club. And with that, welcome to the dueling club, learning one spell at a time. Hello, hello, and welcome to the dueling club. I'm Jen. And I'm Al. And we are here to talk about all kinds of different things. But but mostly Harry Potter. Oh, of course, mostly. <laughs> I didn't mean it like we're not going to talk about Harry Potter. I just meant it as we start with other things and then we go straight to Harry Potter. Eventually. Maybe. So that's not straight. It's more like a curve. Whatever. So Halloween just happened and our nephew's birthday just happened and when you hear this a wedding will be happening or have happened happening Shortly. yes 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 so yay i'll be home yes yeah yeah well only because you don't know my boyfriend's sister like that so nope. she wasn't going to be like hey come to my wedding yeah. Yeah. No, it's just. That's just the way it is. Yeah. That's just the way it is. No. So. No. No. Okay. So, nothing has really changed. Um. You're living your best life. I'm living my best life. Um. Like you said, Halloween just passed. It'll be November when this goes mm-hmm. live. The last one's November too, technically. November first. Um, this yeah. one's November fifth. Um, we are getting close to Thanksgiving. Which, U.S. Thanksgiving. U.S. Thanksgiving. Which isn't a great holiday in terms of, like, origin, but it's evolved into something that is actually pretty beautiful. Even though it is, you know, the embodiment of what, like, like, like bad native stuff. Yes. First Nations people. Yes. Um, it it's something that has evolved into... This is the day where we take particular, we have particular thanks for the people in our lives, the good things in our lives, and hope mm-hmm. that they continue into the, the following year and, you know. For gratefulness to infinity and beyond. Yeah, actually. Yeah. That's a thing that you just said. That um, is a thing that I just said. So that's a thing. And then Christmas, which is cool. Yes. Um, if you do not celebrate Christmas, whether you celebrate Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, um, the winter solstice, anything wintry, yes, any of the any of the December holidays, happy winter holiday. It may not be winter for everyone. Happy December holiday. That is correct. There you go. Happy Happy December holidays. The November and December holidays coming up. Oh yeah. Anyway. No, no, it's appropriate to be inclusive. Obviously, we celebrate Christmas, but we're not the only people in the world. So let's be inclusive. Everybody, happy holidays. What's that one holiday from from Seinfeld? Festivus. Festivus. It's like Christmas, but for the rest of us. Yeah. Here are your grievances. On December 26th, yes. <laughs> um. So nothing has changed. Holiday stuff. And the, the Festivus poll. Yes. What else? What else is there to talk about? Nothing really. I mean, what? What? So there's nothing that we really need to discuss right now, except for the fact that our sister's calling me that oh. I'm not going to answer because we're in the middle of a podcast. True. So 
I'm not going to let Jen do her spiel. I'm going to do it. What spiel are you talking about? Please like, follow, and subscribe. Mm-hmm. Listen to us wherever is appropriate for you. We're hosted on Podbean, but you can listen to us on pretty much Spotify, anywhere. Apple stuff, whatever, dude. Just if you find us and you like us, then join us. And if you don't like us, well, that's okay. I don't like me either. So, stop it. <laughs> you know, self-degradation. Not degradation. Yes, self-deprecating. That's the one. Well, degradation is a whole other thing. Oh, that's. Uh, but you do that too. That's not king shame. Anyway, so. <laughs> it wasn't family-friendly podcast. <laughs> Apparently not today. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm gonna take a second. Oh my. So anyway. So Harry Potter. So Harry Potter's awesome. Oh, before we get to the book. Yes. You saw it because it was posted in our group, but not everyone is in our group. Shame on you. Just kidding. No shame. A little shame. A little bit of shame. Anyway, continue. So anyway, there is in November with Helen Mirren, there is a Hogwarts house trivia championship happening. Which somehow we're not there. Well, it'd be unfair. It'd be that's it'd what be that's unfair. what the boyfriend said to me. He said, "Listen, you didn't hear about it because then you would annihilate everyone if you got onto there. It wouldn't be fair to anybody else. It would actually be a so really let them, boring show. Yeah, so let them have their show, whatever. And guess what? Keep your eyes peeled for season two, and then rock season two. Oh my god! And I said, you know what? You're right. You know what? Though there are some questions that I would not be able to get." But I guarantee no one else will get them either. Okay. If they ask me about, like, Look. actors' names that aren't the main actors, I don't know them. No, I just thought of a book one that I know whoever is listening to this does not know my two-part question, the two-part answer to my two-part question. What is the broom that Ron got for becoming prefect? A clean sweep six or seven. Mm-hmm. Okay. I said other people. Anyway, okay, sorry. And and how quickly it can accelerate in, in a given time. Oh, that one I don't know the acceleration rate. It's like not to sixty in like two point or like four point something seconds. Or something like that. Something like that. that yeah. That's why it's, 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 those kind of questions would stump me realistically. But who was the? This is the one that comes up in everything. Who was the referee at the 1996 Quidditch World Cup game between Ireland and Bulgaria? The Mustafar guy. Hassan Mustafa from That's the one. Egypt. Mustafar. Wow, we're over here in, <laughs> in Star Wars moment. Anyway. <laughs> I've had that come up in so many things that from the first time I was like, I know this. And I said it. And they're like, but where was he from? I'm like, Egypt. Try to get me again. I got you. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. When I'm done with my current book, I think I'm gonna do a full, full reread of the Harry Potter. Books. We're already doing a reread now. Yeah, but I'm gonna do it from the beginning again. <sighs> okay. Anyway. Anyway. So. Now, since we're doing the reread at the even, moment. Did we even call out? What episode the last one? Yes, was. I did. Oh, thank, thank, thank goodness for you. <laughs> so this is season five. Yes. Episode one, one more plus one. 
Yes, I know. I'm looking. It's chapter 18. So, so ch- episode 19. Yes. Chapter 18 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. The name of the chapter is Dumbledore's Army. Oh. Uh-huh. Quick recap. <laughs> Quick recap. Um, Umbridge sucks and oh. disbanded all groups, including Quidditch teams. Um, but also, suspiciously... Shortly approved after. everybody else's no, except no, no, for now back we go but suspiciously after they met to start a group to practice defense against the dark arts yes that's like the big oh overarching, yeah overarching thing yes the quidditch teams are also affected by this all three of the other ones get approved to rejoin right away Why except for gryffindor because it bothers me okay um and they end up what is what else oh Hedwig got hurt another big thing for me I like animals yes. so having been hurt I'll uh, yes but Grubbly Pink is able to fix her up um and Sirius the note that Hedwig had was from Sirius saying same time same place so he does the communication via the the f- fire in the flu the flu network in the Gryffindor common room and they're talking and he's like Mundungus Fletcher was the witch who overheard you you need to think about things a little bit more clearly ah and he disappears because Umbridge's arm hand, hand comes and tries to get her and they're like him. yes him Sirius is a her right now you are now. talking too fast I am chill out my brain nope my brain was going too fast let me slow down so that is what happened. Yes. And Harry immediately recognizes it as Umbridge's hand, and they're like, WTF. Yes. And that's where we are right now. So, and this is how it begins. So. Umbridge has been reading your mail, Harry. There's no other explanation. You think Umbridge attacked Hedwig? He said, outraged. I'm almost certain of it, said Hermione grimly. Watch your frog. It's escaping. And Harry summons it back. Yes, because they're obviously talking about this in um in charms yes Yes. and she goes through it so of course she's the one who gave the tip to filch because it's the easiest way to get filch to intercept your letter so that then umbridge can either take it from him or him just give it to her so she can find out what's happening and I mean, of course, he doesn't want dung bombs getting into the castle, so he's gonna do whatever he needs to do. But now it's not safe for them to send anything out. Like we mentioned in the last episode, it's not safe for them to send anything out, especially not to Sirius, aka Snuffles, or else he's gonna end up in Az- Azkaban right away. Yes. Um, but it's also not like obviously they can't send things in either because that's how Hedwig got hurt. And we don't want Hedwig to get hurt, right? So they right. don't know what to do. So after class, they actually have a break before the next class. They end up in uh, a random classroom uh, on the first floor when they're approached by Angelina. Mm-hmm. And she lets them know that the Quidditch team has been allowed to reform and that practice practice is begins that evening. Like, Yes. Which makes sense because they've had a couple of days off. So they, she wants to make sure that everyone is ready to go for their next match. 
And I love, again, remember how in the last episode mm-hmm. we talked about the boys go to the male teachers, the male professors, and the girls go to the female professors. It also makes sense because McGonagall is the head of Gryffindor House, but Angelina says, I went to McGonagall and I think she might have appealed to Dumbledore. Well, the thing is, is that also McGonagall is the head of house. Yeah, which is so, what I just said. Again, I'm saying, but like, I'm just reiterating that like, it it plays into what we were saying last episode, but it also just makes sense because like, she is the step before going to the headmaster. Yes. For the Gryffindor students. Oh, yeah. So, and and again, her her logic, her rationale would have been like, we're a team, all the other teams, all the other houses have them, and heads up, all the other houses have already gotten approval to rejoin. So what is stopping her from allowing us to rejoin? Mm-hmm. So to me, that would have been like, okay, you're approved. Screw that evil witch. Yes. <laughs> so off Angelina goes, and you know, Ron and Harry are both happy about the Quidditch team being able to reform, but Ron notices that Hermione is less than happy and asks her, like, what's up with her. Yeah. And this is where, um, even though she is the one who pushed for a defense against the Dark Arts group, um, she is having second thoughts about it now. If it's the right thing for them to do. Yeah, and Harry isn't, like, is confused as to why... And she explains that she feels like it's just not a great idea. And it's mostly because Sirius supports it. And Harry's like, well, why? And it's like, well, it looks like... It feels like Sirius is, like, trying to lead you to sort of make kind of risky decisions because he's trying to live through you. And that's what he would have done with James. But not that it's something that is actually good for you in the long run. Because, like you asked... Well, like, I asked, like, Hermione, asked, like, what if, what if they get expelled? Oh, well, better be better being able to protect yourself and expelled than otherwise. Yes. So it's one of those things where if Harry gets expelled because of the offense against the Dark Arts group, well, now Sirius has company in Grimmauld Place. Yeah, but I think... <sighs> I think that may have been a subconscious thing for Sirius. I don't think yes. if he wants Harry to get expelled. That would be awful. Right. He... I think his thought is, screw the man. Yeah. No matter what, Sirius is pleased, basically, as well, yes. in my thought process. Yeah. I don't think it's it's a malicious thing to harm Harry's future. I think it's literally, you need to know how to defend yourselves. The man is screwing with you and not allowing you to learn how to defend yourselves. Good for you on a way to figuring it out for yourselves Mm -hmm. I don't think it's haha and if you get expelled Harry which I'm secretly hoping hoping you do then I won't be alone anymore no no I I get it and I you like you said subconsciously maybe but she's she's overreaching she is overreaching and then Ron looks at her utterly perplexed and he's like Sirius is right. You do sound like my mother. To which Hermione doesn't reply. She just, like, bites her lip. and It's, it's like she's, like, biting her tongue because she mm-hmm. doesn't want to, like, I guess, like, go to war with them right now on this. It, yeah. it's, just an, it's just an inkling she has, but I don't think she's far off the mark, really. Yeah. 
So um, that day had it had been raining. Yeah. It got bad. even worse. Yeah. So think torrential downpour at this point. Mm-hmm. And they have Quidditch pack, pack practice. Ooh. There it is. It continues. It continues. It Last does. episode we couldn't talk. This episode still can't talk. <laughs> Ten minutes later, surprise. So yes, surprise. Yeah, so the big thing on their way to Quidditch, like, Fred and George are just like, we need, we should skip. We should totally use our Skyving Snackbox product. And it's like, no, nah, Angelina, Angelina knows about Angelina knows them. they exist. It's not going to work. So they have tested their own latest item, the Fever Fudge. But unfortunately, that has given them pus-filled <laughs> boils in rather private places, which make it very uncomfortable to sit on a broom. Yeah. So the... Um... It's the fever fudge that now does it. Yes. Totally um, makes your fever, your temperature shoot right up, but gives you boils. That are Ooh. filled with pus. Uh, due to this and the bad weather, practice lasts only about an hour. It's not even a good hour of no. practice either. Like, they can't see each other. They can't effectively communicate in terms of passes and attempts, like attempts on the goal to make you know Ron defend or have the chasers try and score or anything like that it's just thoroughly unproductive and Angelina is not pleased about their first practice after a week of being disbanded um what else uh when Harry Scar uh pains him after (laughs) practice um he tells Ron that Voldemort is angry um, something he wants done isn't happening, is happening rather, too slowly. This feels differently than when he was in Umbridge's office. Voldemort was happy then. And the time before that, he was furious. And I'm assuming that he, by the time before that, it's during the summer or during the... It was during the summer. Okay. So it was right before the, or right after. So before, remember it happened in the last book, it happened a few times. Um, it happened right before the Quidditch World Cup in the last book, and he told Sirius about it. This time, it's happening a lot. And the last time it happened was when he was in detention in Umbridge's office. I think the reason why is because when Voldemort had his, like, rudimentary body, Mm -hmm. like, he had to sort of swallow his feelings. He couldn't really act on them. Yes. But now that Voldemort has his body back, if someone displeases them, they die. Yes. If he wants something done, he has people to command to get it done, and then when it gets done, he's happy. And he doesn't have to hide those feelings. Yes. Well, and so so Ron asks him, did you get a vision or something? And Harry says... He wants something, like you said, he wants something done, but it's not happening fast enough. And he did get a tangle of shapes, a howling rush of voices, but nothing definitive. And he explains, so, so Ron is like, oh, you could take Trelawney's, you know, job. And he's like, no, I'm not having, I'm not making prophecies. And it's not like I can read his mind. I can read his moods, I suppose. It's like I get, he says, I'm just getting flashes of what mood he's in. Dumbledore said something like this was happening last year. He said that when Voldemort was near me or when he was feeling hatred, I could tell. Well, now I'm feeling it when he's pleased, too. And Ron does the you've got to tell someone. 
And he says, I told Sirius last time. We'll tell him about it this time. And he's like, can't, can I? We just had this conversation, bro. Like, I literally can't send anything out because everything's being watched. And then he's like, well, then Dumbledore. Dumbledore already knows. Yeah. So what do you want me to tell him? Oh, you know that thing you already know? Happening again. Mm -hmm. You know? And he's like, fine. Well, Dumbledore would want to know. Let's just go to silence. Let's just go practice our silencing charms. Mm Mm-hmm. So, after all of this, um, that, later that evening? Well, that's when he's thinking. He's He remembers the conversation they had during the summer. He's got other plans, plans he can put into operation very quietly indeed. Stuff he can only get by stealth, like a weapon. Something he didn't have last time. He remembers that. He hadn't thought about those words in weeks, but they're there. Okay. So then they go to their, their common room. And now you can continue. Um, after, like, working in the common room at around midnight, Harry ends up falling asleep over his homework in the common room and has the familiar dream about the windowless corridor. He's awakened by Dobby the house elf. Why is it going out? We know that Dobby's a house elf. Dobby returning the healed headwig from Professor Gurbley Pike. Dobby has your owl, sir. It says that. Oh my god, that's so cute. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Dobby volunteered to return it. Yep. Return her. Well, he says Harry Potter's owl. Yeah. So. It's a her. I know it's a her. Fine. Professor Grubbly Plank says she is all well now, sir. Yes. Um, Harry looks at Dobby and Dobby uh, seems to be wearing all of Hermione's uh, hidden knitted elf hats and socks. And then he corrects him and says, no, I'm not wearing all of them. I've taken some to Winky too. Yes. <laughs> but but none of the other house elves want to come here. Yes. Because they, not with the hats and socks hidden everywhere, they find it, oh, they find it insulting. Yep, and refuse to clean in there now. So yep. Dobby has to take care of the entire common room. Thanks for my name. Oh yeah, but he's okay with it. No, he's not. I mean, he probably no, he is. is. He, he probably because feels, he likes them. I was gonna say, in a way, he probably feels like he's helping Harry. Yeah. So he's like probably really pleased about it, to be honest. And he gets all the free clothes. Yeah, but Harry decides not to tell Hermione that Dobby is getting everything. Yeah. Um, uh, when Harry mentions needing a secret place to Dobby, because they they have like a, a conversation, which is sweet actually. Um, Dobby tells him about the room of requirement. A place he takes Winky to dry her out, which is actually, <laughs> Winky is, is actually an alcoholic, as we know. Because butterbeer for them is like Malta for us, where it has 0.05% alcohol. It's got no, very no, that's little. No, butterbeer is in general. It no, is like, I'm, I'm saying. You said to them, which is not correct. To normal people, it would be like Malta. It's just like yes. it's, it's like a nothing percentage alcohol, but to them is like a full on. I meant them as Hogwarts students. Okay, okay. Sorry, because I should have specified. Dobby and then them, right. So to to anyway. them in Hogwarts, the people. To the wizarding community. Yes, it's like nothing. It's like a nothing alcohol, which is why children are allowed to drink it because they could probably drink as much as they want and not be affected at all. Yes. But to house elves, butter beer is like... A full-on beer. 
It's worse because doesn't Winky get drunk off of like two? Some people get drunk off of two drinks. Yikes. That's true, actually. So, okay, we'll just. They're, they're like normal. Yes. Like, people like people of Asian descent. That's pretty strong. Like so, biologically speaking, everybody handles alcohol differently, mm-hmm. but it has. There are various studies that show that people of Asian descent, specifically, lack the enzyme to help break down alcohol um, the, appropriately. They lack it. So, everybody has some. People of Asian descent tend to have less. It's the enzyme is alcohol dehydrogenase. Mm-hmm. So, whereas you or I could have two alcoholic beverages and be fine, someone of Asian descent is more likely to have one drink and be drunk. Hmm. Okay. Um, and I actually know that because I had to look it up when I was in college, the first yeah. time. So Dobby offers to show Harry how to summon the room. And says it will appear fully equipped with whatever the user or the person who's summoning it need, needs. Um, the next day, Harry... Pre- I love it when he tells him, like you said, because it is a room that a person can only enter when they have real need of it. Sometimes it is there and sometimes it is not. But when it appears, it is always equipped for the seeker's needs. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. And that's when Harry says... And if you really needed a bathroom, remembering something Dumbledore had said to him at the Yule Ball the previous Christmas, would it fill itself with chamber pots? And Dobby says, Dobby expects so, sir. It is a most amazing room, sir. See? Harry put two and two together. And, and then Harry, again, because he needs something that's secret, is like, how many people know about it? And it's very few. Mm-hmm. Most people stumble across it when they need it. Uh, sir, but often they never find it again, for they do not know that it's always there waiting to be called into service, sir. It and sounds that's when, brilliant. Yes, and that's when Dobby offers to teach him how to summon it, like I said. Yes. Um, the next day, Harry passes uh, the word that the first meeting is that evening. Hermione is doubtful, remembering how Dobby's other schemes have failed, but Harry tells her that Dumbledore actually has mentioned the room once. It was, like you said, during the Yule Ball when he said that he needed, uh, you know, look, he was looking for a bathroom and he stumbled upon a room in the castle that was full with an excellent selection of chamber pots. I really hope he didn't use any of them. I mean, he just evanesced it after the fact, probably. Stop it. Anyway. Um, so out comes the wonderful Marauder's Map. Yes. And they're like, Filch is on the second floor, Mrs. Norris is on the fourth, Umbridge is in her office, let's go! Yes. Um, that night, Harry, Ron, and Hermione summon the room. It is perfect, with cushions to catch stunned students, dark detectors which Harry thinks were in the false Moody's office the year before, and, most reassuring to Hermione, a full library of Defense Against the Dark Arts reference books. The other students file in, Awed by the space's perfection, and the first session begins. Harry is unanimously elected as the group's leader. Cho Chang suggests the name, uh, naming the group Defense Association, or DA for short. Wait a second. So oh. Angelina says, let's call it the Anti-Umbridge League. I'm not against it. I'm not against the name either. And Fred suggests Ministry of Magic are Dumb Morons group. I mean, I'm also not against that one either. True. Um, 
And then Hermione was like, no, we need to change it. And that's when Cho suggests the Defense Association, the DA for short. But Jenny's like, oh, only let's make it stand for Dumbledore's army because that's what the Ministry's worst fear is, isn't it? Uh, Everyone apparently likes it and laughs at it. Yes. All in favor of the DA, said uh, Hermione Bosley, kneeling up on her cushion to count. That's the majority. Motion passed. And that's when she scrawled the name at the top of the participants, like, list that they signed. Dumbledore's Army. Yes. And that's when Harry's like, okay, let's get started. First thing we're going to do is Expelliarmus. It's the disarming charm. It's pretty basic. But I found it really useful. And good old Zacharias Smith is like, oh, please. I don't think Expelliarmus is going to exactly, is exactly going to help us against you know who. He's like, and that's when Harry, I love Harry, sassy Harry. I've used it against him, said Harry quietly. It saved my life last June. Mm-hmm. And Zachariah Smith has nothing to say. But if you think it's beneath you, you can leave. Which he doesn't, nor does anyone else. Yeah. Um, so the practice goes well, though Cho seems to fumble her charms whenever Harry is watching. Which makes sense now that Harry started with it, because it's something you really need to know. And it was the first spell from Chamber of Secrets that Lockhart tried to teach everyone. Actually, incorrect. No, it was the... the, Oh, no. Snape. Snape. Said, let's disarm. Let's start with disarming. Snape is the one who taught Harry, basically. Stop it. His trademark spell. Stop it. It is just fact. There's nothing to stop. Stop. So. Just because he did one right thing. He did many right things. No. Harry evaluating. Uh, if it wasn't for him, then there would be dump, there would be Voldemort reigning. Anyway. Whatever. Harry evaluating the spell casting is glad he started with something so simple. Um, like you said, it is. So, like everyone has said, you, Zachariah Smith, in my my brain, me as well. It is something simple, but if you think about it, you don't need to know how to, like, use a shield charm if the person doesn't have the wand in their hand. Exactly. For most people, that, that is a fact. Anyway, yeah. uh, the session ends, and then the next, uh, next meeting is Wednesday. Well, before it ends, let's just be really real. Yes. Hermione is paired up with Ron. Neville is paired up with Harry. And Neville can't do it for the life of him. Until Harry gets distracted looking at Cho and has his back turned to Neville and Neville manages to make it work. And he's like, I'm not going to point out to Neville that his opponent isn't going to have his back turned to him. Yeah, in a real duel, your opponent probably isn't going to be looking the other way. But I'm not going to take this win from him. Yes. And then he goes to see Cho. Because he's already been watching her like a little creepers. No, that's not true. Not like a creepers. He's just, he's interested in her and he's the head of the thing of Dumbledore's army. So he has to kind of watch her mm-hmm. and help po- give pointers. You made me nervous. I was doing all right before then, Cho told Harry ruefully. Oh, Expelliarmus! Expelliarmus! Oh, sorry, Marietta. Set her on fire. Yeah, her friend on fire. Yes. Well, just her sleeve, but you know what? Details, whatever. Yeah, whatever. So it's on fire. And that's what she says. You made me nervous. I was doing all right before then. And Harry's like, oh, that was quite good. Okay, no, it was lousy. (laughs) Only because she raised her eyebrows at him. 
True. Um, she mentions Cedric, which kind of like dampens her own mood, which I mean makes sense. Yeah. So this is this is important. I want to point it out because it it comes up, it ends up being a point later. So Marietta is looks at them kind of sourly. And Cho is like, don't mind her. She doesn't really want to be here. But I made her come with me. Her parents have forbidden her to do anything that might upset Umbridge. You see, her mom works for the ministry. And they're like, oh, what about your parents? Harry asks her. And she says, they've forbidden me to get on the wrong side of Umbridge too. But if they think I'm not going to fight you know who after what happened to Cedric. And that's when she gets weird. So we got a little bit of information there. Marietta's parents, her mom works for the ministry and said, don't mess with Umbridge. Don't do something to get on her bad side. Cho's mom, that, okay, Cho's so parents, be because we don't know if it's, because we don't know which one, because in the book it didn't say which one. Cho's parents, one or both of them, work for the ministry, also told her, don't get on Umbridge's bad side. That's probably a very common thing for any of the parents who work in the ministry. And I'm assuming it's a very common... I don't know. It seems like a common profession for these students' parents to work for the ministry. There's so many departments, so many positions. I mean, I feel like it's the easy thing to just fall into to do. Yeah. No, it makes sense. I mean, otherwise you have to forge your own way in the magical world. I mean, there are. Look at the finale and and stuff like that. There are shopkeeps and stuff. Right, but not everyone's going to be good at business. Not everyone's going to have a shop. And like you said, the magical world needs to be run. Yeah. So I'm sure a lot of their parents, especially, remember, their generation of parents is the generation of parents that were in Hogwarts, that were in uh, just fresh out of Hogwarts. I bet you they saw a bunch of their classmates die the first time around. During the first Wizarding War. Yes. Ha, it's your turn to not be able to talk. I couldn't do it earlier either. It's so it's all the time. Yes. So I'm sure that there are less qualified people all around to be in these magical positions of authority. Um, so I'm sure all of there's a disproportionate number of parents that work at the ministry. Yeah. Yeah. So even even Draco his parents don't work, but his dad is always at the ministry. They come for money. They don't have to work, obviously. But his dad is always at the ministry using his money to influence the ministry. I wonder how much money they actually have. I don't know. I would assume that they're millionaires because they've somehow figured out how to sneakily diver- diversify their capital. True. I wonder if there's a wizarding stock market now. There probably is. <laughs> of some kind. Of there's way. got to be because there's international trade. So it would make sense that there'd be a international wizard stock market. Yeah. And there'd have to be a stock exchange. And they stockbrokers. One of the floors at the Makusa headquarters in New York. Exactly. Mm. And I would think that the goblins would be really good at doing all that. Oh, they'd love it. See? Well, they may hate it because there's no actual gold. Oh, true. You'd be like, this is the worst. But maybe the you younger... You guys are talking about money and there's no gold? But maybe the younger goblins would be like, it's still money. 
Sure. Ready to break traditions. Anyway. Young people always are. Sure. I mean, is there like a last paragraph to read or something? We have to do that for last one. Yes, we did. Okay. We did actually. We did. Okay, you gotta do it though. Go. Um, so, they're getting ready to leave. They realize, well, before they get ready to leave, Hermione is like, look, have you checked the time? And he's like, oh, crap. It's ten past nine, and we're all supposed to be in our dorms, at least. Not our dorms, but in our houses. Um, so he's like, oh, we all have got to go. Um, he pulls out the map to make sure that everybody can go. And he's like, yeah, we'll have practice sometime next week. And he's like, Wednesday. Let's do Wednesday. And he sends them out in threes and fours, watching their tiny dots, hoping that they get back to their dorms, Hufflepuffs in the basement, near the kitchens, Ravenclaws to the tower on the west side, and Gryffindors to the corridor to the seventh floor, to the tower on the other tower. Mm-hmm. One of the other towers. And Her- Hermione... Okay, so I'm going to read it. That was really, really good, Harry, said Hermione, when finally it was just her, Harry, and Ron left. Yeah, it was, said Ron enthusiastically, as they slipped out of the door and watched it melt back into stone behind them. Did you de- see me disarm Hermione, Harry? Only once, said Hermione, stung. I got you loads more than you got me. I did not only get you once. I got you at least three times. Well, if you're counting the one where you tripped over your own feet and knocked the wand out of my hand. Hey, listen, still disarmed. They argued all the way back to the common room, but Harry was not listening to them. He had one eye on the Marauder's map, but he was also thinking of how Cho had said he made her nervous. There you go. Okay. Love. Young love. Uh, Do you remember your first crush? Because technically it's not like a relationship yet. They're still just crushing on each other. Who was your first crush? Her name was Cynthia. Yes. Back when I was in fourth grade. Was she was in your class? Yeah. Did you ever act on your crush? Yes. And how did that go? Don't talk about it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair, fair enough. My, my first crush that I remember, because, you know, when you're in pre-K, and, and I had a little boyfriend in pre-K. Oh, of course. Um, and that ended poor, poorly for him. Oh? He, he thought I hit him because I accidentally elbowed him because somebody bumped into me so I accidentally bumped into him I didn't know he pushed me I pushed him back real hard he fell I called the teacher he got in trouble we were done damn the drama of four year olds my god <laughs> I know um but he yeah he hasn't gone over it to this day <laughs> he he may not have fear, I don't know he has a fear of being pushed yes all because You're, of me. You are his trigger. Oh, no. But no, the first crush I had, like, real crush, where I was like, oh, my heart feels a certain way when I see this person. Kevin. It's in my class. Kevins are always a disaster, man. 
I have not met a singular good Kevin. There could be good Kevin. No, Besides, you know he's he is from afar. I don't know how he actually is. He's a decent dude, that okay. Kevin. Well, that's again, I yes haven't met a Kevin that I know who isn't like Kevin's guy. We worked with a Kevin, and he was cool. B. Well, I didn't talk to him that much. Oh, okay. I, don't, I don't know him. Okay. I talked to him more for yeah, yeah. obvious reasons. Yeah. I was training him, so it yeah. makes sense. But, yeah, no, he was just not. And I did act on it, and I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Anyway. Yes. So, yeah, first crushes, disasters. Yes. All around. Pretty much. So, that's that. Um, kind of sharp, but this is the beginning of, like, kind of big, big things. Just like Harry decided to start with something small, like Expelliarmus, to learn to disarm. This is the, the start of something bigger. This is the start of them learning how to defend themselves and be appropriately prepared For if anything. grown wizards who mean them harm come after them. Which is highly so possible. Well, duh. Secondary. That's secondary. I think the primary is make sure that you're able to defend yourself. And not be murdered. Yes. Okay, so... Well, not be caught off guard. Because let's be real. Even if they learn everything they need to learn, they're not, they may or may not be able to, def- to fend off a grown wizard with, with deadly intent. Listen, this, this is the thing. You can try and prepare yourself as much as possible, yes. but that is probably still not enough. No. Because even, think about Moody. The paranoid ex-or was still caught off guard by Barty Crouch Jr. and kidnapped. Yes, and held hostage for almost an entire year. So, like, anything can happen. Yes. And that that's n- not even just Harry Potter in real life, too, but it's how you sort of react to things. Yes. In a moment of crisis, what kind of person are you? Are you the person who acts and then worries about it later? Yeah. Or do you shut down? Do you run away? I know that when things are stressful for me and they require an immediate action from me, I can compartmentalize enough to put my feelings aside and do whatever needs to happen. Like if I were to get if I were to be driving home from somewhere one day and it's happened where I just randomly get a flat tire and I'm you know in the middle of getting home instead of being one of those people who's like, "Oh my god, why does this always happen to me?" I immediately go into I need to call you know, for towing services, I need to figure out where I can take my car. Let me call this place and make sure that they have a spot for me. Let me make sure that it's within the miles of, you know, allowed per the towing with my insurance. Once everything is set up and I'm waiting, then I have the emotional response. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. But like, like you said, if you have the tools at your disposal to 
to kind of sort of take care of yourself, then when the situation arises, then you have something to fall back on instead of just running away or being a sitting duck. That's the thing is having a foundation to base your response off of can lead you towards making a better decision when you're not expecting to have having to make like an impactful decision. Yeah. A life or death decision. Not even just that. Like, well, it could be something smaller as well, but it's the fact that you have that preparedness. Yes. But I meant in their situation, sure, sure, sure. if they were to be confronted with a Death Eater. Yeah. Like, it's in their name. True. They'd be trying to death you. <laughs> they're, they're not going to come up to you and be like, oh, hey, let's be friends. They no. want to death you and unalive Exa- you. Okay. Exactly. So, that's that. We done. Yeah, we're finished. This is a slightly um, shorter episode. But that means you can start your weekend sooner. Oh, yeah. Have fun, everyone. (laughs) See ya. Bye. Bye. I'm going to turn on the AC.